Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to be reading from verse 1 to 17. And I'm also going to be reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible, the ESV. Um, But don't worry, if you have any other version, it's fine. The Word of God is the same. I will read. When I finish, I'll say, this is the Word of the Lord. Please help me and respond by saying, write it on our hearts, we pray. Can we try that? This is the Word of the Lord. Indeed. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Perez the father of uh, um, Perez and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tema, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Aminadab. And Aminadab, the father of Nahashan, and Nahashan, the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. And David was the father of uh, Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah. And Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. By the way, these names will be in the quiz. I don't know if they told you there's going to be a quiz. Yeah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon... Zechoniah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zedok, and Zedok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eliezer, and Eliezer the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. And this is the word of the Lord. Write it on our hearts, we pray. Let's pray. I thank you, O God Almighty, for the gift of your word that is living, that is active, that is sharper than any two-edged sword. And today, we are so grateful for the privilege to sit under the ministry of this word. Lord, we ask that the words from this text in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 to 17, would come alive to us. And that we would be able to make sense of this word. That it would be profitable to us for everything the word of God is profitable for. In the end, that we all would be transformed and made into the image and likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that above all, we would be inspired and challenged to pursue all of holiness to the honor and glory of your name. So give us what we do not have by your word. Teach us what we do not know by your word. And make us what we are not. And receive all the glory, for we ask these things in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. You're sitting next to someone. Please help me ask them. And if they are comfortable to do so, to tell you, um, let's start here. The name of their father. What's their father's name? 
We are going to be talking a lot, yeah? So make a friend, please. Make a friend. Turn to them. Uh, you know, they've told you the name of their father. That's easy. The father's name is easy. Okay. Uh, ask them if they can tell you the name of their grandfather. Their grandfather. 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 That's an easy one, too. That's an easy one, too. Uh-huh. Grandfather. All right, let's see. Let's keep going. Can they tell you the name of their great-grandfather? Great-grandfather. Uh-huh. Are people beginning to get lost? Great-grandfather. All right. Great-great-grandfather. Great-great. How many are, are, are so far still walking with us? They can tell us the name of the great-great-grandfather. Great-great. Where did you get? Did you, you can tell us great-great. Oh, wow. Great-great-great. Wow. How? Is that... <laughs> ah, that's very that's very smart listen now I don't know when the last time was that you went to the book of Matthew and opened Matthew chapter 1 and read for your quiet time Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 to 17 first of all because it's a list of names and you know what do you do in a quiet time with a list of names it's and, and some of these names are very hard, especially if you are a rural man like me, and there are names like Shialtiel, and we don't have that sh- sound in our, you know, so you struggle. And I know for many of us, this is a part of scripture that we would rather avoid, because what sense is it making? And what instruction to holiness is the author of Matthew presenting to us? What can we apply from this text. Now, let me lay some background here. Matthew, the author of the Gospel of Matthew, is a Jew. And what he is doing is very important to the congregation that first received this text, the Jewish congregation. And by the way, the Bible cannot and should not mean to us anything that it was not intended to mean for the original congregation that it was written to. And so Matthew is writing to a Jew. And because Matthew wants to present the Messiah to us, he has to trace the genealogy of the Messiah in order to prove to the Jews that the Messiah has indeed come. The Messiah is already here. And it is very interesting the way he starts. He mentions very importantly that this is the book of the genealogy of Christ, Jesus Christ, the son of who? the son of David and the son of Abraham. This ought to convince any Jew reading this that the Messiah has already come. Because David, the most famous of all of Israel's kings, the one to whom God made a covenant and said, yours will be an everlasting kingdom, has been mentioned in this genealogy as the first. And then Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, the 
you would say the founder of the Jewish nation is also found in this text. And it is also very important that Matthew is doing this, writing the genealogy, because for a Jew, where you come from, whose you are, what family name you carry was very, very important. It was important for your heritage, it was important for your inheritance, and it was important to determine what you have as rights as a citizen of Israel. It was important for us to, for people to know where you have come from, what tribes, where tribe you have come from, what family you belong to, in order to know where you would live. You remember in the book of Numbers 35 and, 30, uh, and 36, when they are talking about the allotment of land, land was allotted on the basis of your family name, on the basis of where you have come from. Land was, inheritance was transferred to families on the basis of your name. And so it is important for a Jew reading this to know that the Messiah has come and he is exactly who he ought to be. And so that's why this genealogy is important to the Jew. To know that Jesus Christ has the pedigree of the Messiah that he claims to have. That indeed he has come from the house of David and he has come from the lineage of Abraham. But then there is also something that is important to us. The Jews who exist today, by the way, I'll struggle to say Jews and Jews. I told you I am a Luo man. Uh, some, some sounds are, uh, are hard for us to, 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 to use, so please excuse me. Uh, if you laugh, just don't laugh so hard because I'll, I'll throw my shoe at you. Where was I? Sus. <laughs> now, this is important to us because the Jews who exist today cannot trace, trace their roots back to David. None of the existing Jews today can reconstruct and retrace their roots back to David. And so for you and I, this is important for us to have because the Messiah who's supposed to be the means by which God adopts all of us to the family of Abraham is here. This is the first and the last. So if anyone should come, and there are Jews, Orthodox, Orthodox Jews who still believe that the Messiah is coming. If anyone should come now and claim to be the Messiah, it would be hard for them to prove that indeed they have come from the family of David or from the family of Abraham. So Matthew is helping the congregation that he first wrote this to, to trace Jesus' roots to, Jew, to, to his Jewish heritage, but he's also helping us to know that we cannot wait for any other Messiah. Jesus Christ has already come. But there is also something else that is very interesting that Matthew is doing here in writing this genealogy. Very interesting. Now, traditionally, and I know even in Africa we do this, a genealogy is traced to the male, um, the male line of the family, right? It's, it's the men. You get, you get your father's name. Um, you get your father's name and your father had his father's name and he, no, no one goes by their mother's name. And, 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 and if we found that you, you go, it's, it's almost awkward or weird for people to say, ah, you have your mother's name. That's very interesting. But you see what David, what Matthew is doing here is that he has included 
three, four women in this genealogy. This is unheard of in any genealogy in, in, in the Jewish culture. It's unheard of. So he's included four women. Now, the other thing that is interesting in his inclusion of four women in this genealogy is that three of these women are not even Israelites. They are actually Gentiles. They are actually Gentiles. They are Canaanites. Look, for example, he says, um, who is the first woman he mentions? Ruth. Oh, oh, sorry. um, Tamar. Who is Tamar? What do you know about Tamar? Is it, is it okay if we talk? It's okay we have a conversation as I preach? Okay. Who is, what do you know about Tamar? She was married to... To Judah's son, yeah? And Judah's, Judah's son died, right? And she was... Yeah, she... And the brother died. The brother was struck by the Lord because of his sin, all right? And then, because in this culture, you have, to keep, you have to keep the family line going, so she needed a son, but uh, the, the family was not working with her, so she had to, you know, she, has, she had to do something to find a way to keep her husband's lineage alive, all right? And so what does she do? She disguises herself as a prostitute and does what? And sleeps with Judah. Read that in Genesis chapter 38, uh, the story of, of, uh, of Tamar. And then, and then there's another lady. Who's the second lady? Rahab. Who was Rahab? She was a prostitute. The one who hung a red, a red what? A red string, a red thingy, a thread on her window. So that, you know, when, when, when Joshua and the Israelites are going around the walls of Jericho, you know, um, the, her family would be spared. But she was a prostitute. And then the third one was who? Ruth. Who was Ruth? The Canaanites of all Canaanites. The most Gentile of, of them all. Ruth. The Moabites. And Ruth becomes the great-grandmother of King David. So, Matthew is helping us to see something very important here. That Jesus Christ the Messiah has not just come for the Jew, and he has not just come for the men in the Jewish culture. He has come to break the chasms, the things that cause there to be differences in culture, in who we are, in our identity, and bring us to be one. The Apostle Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3 and 28, he says there is therefore neither Jew nor Gentile, neither male nor female, neither bond nor free, we are all one in Christ Jesus. And so for that reason, because this is the genealogy of Christ, women are included. And it is not just women. It is also women of a different heritage. All the things that put us apart, all the racial issues that separate and create walls between us, Jesus Christ came to crush them so that we all would have an opportunity to belong to the family of God. We all would have an opportunity to be adopted into the family of Abraham. 
But he's also still, we're still on that line of him doing interesting things in this genealogy. Remember how he started? He started by saying in verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. God had made a promise to Abraham. God had made a promise to Abraham. If you read Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 4, you find God promising Abraham that he will make him a father of many nations. And in Jesus Christ coming, now when you see him adopting many nations into the family of God, uh, through Jesus Christ, through the Messiah, God is fulfilling his promises to Abraham. And this was so many years. Abraham is long dead. And so many patriarchs have come after him. But God is still committed to that promise he made to Abraham, his friends, his friend of long ago. You see, what Matthew is showing us here is that time and distance does not separate God from his promise. God is faithful to keep his promise. In fact, God is faithful to watch over his word to ensure it accomplishes that which he means for it to accomplish. David, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, God has fulfilled his promise to Abraham. God has also fulfilled his promise to to David because after Jesus Christ, there is no other king for Israel. There is no other king for Israel. There is no other king that is coming for the church. Jesus Christ is the eternal king and that's why this genealogy has to end with him. Because if there was anybody else after him, we would be mistaken and think there is another king or there is another Messiah coming. This is why it has to end with him. But let me show you another thing that is interesting here that Matthew is doing. Read chapter, chapter 1 verse 8. It says, and Actually, I'm looking for verse 11. It says, And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the deportation to Babylon. All right? Let me point you to something. Please go to your Bible, to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 22, verse 30. Let's meet Jeconiah over there. What does he say? That says the Lord, write this man down as childless. This is, he's talking about, um, he's talking to Jeremiah about Jeconiah. Write down this man as childless, a man who shall not succeed in his days, for none of his offspring shall succeed in sitting on the throne of David. None of his offerings shall succeed in sitting on the throne of David. So he, Jeconiah is cast. Jeconiah is cast. But remember, Jeconiah is from the lineage of David and God had made a commitment um, to David that he will establish through his offspring, he will establish an everlasting uh, kingdom. But now we read that Jeconiah was actually supposed 
uh, it, you know, he was supposed to be the last one on the throne. None of his children would have sat on the throne. But read the end. Read, read the end of, 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 Matthew, of uh, Matthew chapter 1. Read verse 16. And he said, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born. Do you see that? So, so what has God done there? He cuts the offspring of David through Jeconiah, but he introduces something else, sort of a stopgap measure to ensure that he keeps his promise. So you see that Joseph is actually not the father of Jesus. Joseph is actually not the father. He is the father legally, but not by blood. But this commitment that God made to David it is that his son, those who are his by blood, would sit on the throne and would sit on the throne forever. And so what does God do? Instead of going through the male line of that family to bring Jesus into the picture, he does what? He goes through the female. And that's why we read that we, Mary has to be included there. He says, Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. God shows us his faithfulness in committing himself to accomplishing every promise, every covenant that he has pronounced himself on, no matter what it takes. God is faithful. Even when man is faithless, even when Jeconiah, even when all these people failed, God is faithful. God is faithful. But what has this got to do with us? How does this help us? If at all it does. Number one, you look at this text in Matthew 1, verse 1 to 17, and you see a lot, of course we have talked about God's faithfulness, but you also see a lot of God's grace. God is so gracious to us. God is so gracious to man that all these people that are listed on this genealogy, apart from a few, all these people failed. All these people did some terrible things. How is it that he would want the purest king, the holy son of God to come through such a dysfunctional family? How is it? But you see, God is not looking for the perfect. In fact, if he were looking for the perfect, Jesus Christ would not have come through human beings. He would not have come through Mary. He would not have come through the lineage of David. David was a murderer, an adulterer, the one who slept with Bathsheba and killed Uriah, her husband. He would not have come through Uzziah, the one who was so arrogant, the king who was so arrogant and wanted to play the role of both the king and the priest in the temple. And God killed him. And if you read Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, Isaiah says, after King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. In other words, the nation had not been able to see and experience the Lord in the time of Uzziah because of his, arrogant, of his arrogance. How is it that God would allow his son, the savior of the universe, to come through such a messed up family tree? It is because of the grace of God. 
And it is because of that grace that people like Mary, people like Uzziah, people like David, people like Abraham, people like you and I have an opportunity to belong and be adopted into this family of God. You are here not by your effort, not because you are so good, not because you sing so well, not because you tithe, not because you have served the church of Jesus Christ from when you were born. In fact, you perhaps were born saved. You never even needed to make the confession. Yeah? But you are here not because of that. You are here because God in his grace has found you worthy to be his child. And how would God do this to us? How would he? He would send his son Jesus Christ. He would send his son Jesus Christ to come and die on the cross. So that, so that where David should have been the one facing the punishment for his sin and the, and the punishment for sin is death, where David should have been the one facing eternal death, where Abraham should have been the one facing eternal death for sleeping with um, um, Hagar and committing adultery with Hagar and, and turning from being faithful to, uh, to God, where they could have died Jesus Christ comes into the picture and becomes the substitute sacrifice. In other words, the death that belonged to them, the death that they should have faced, Jesus Christ took it. And so the sins of David were forgiven when Jesus Christ went on the cross of Calvary. The sin of Abraham were forgiven when Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary. The sins of Uzziah, the sins of Jeconiah, the sins of everyone, even Ruth and, and, and the Moabite and Rahab and Tamar, all these sins are forgiven when Jesus Christ comes to the picture and becomes the substitute sacrifice for all of us. It is true that sacrifice that Jesus, that God would adopt us into his family. This is grace. This is grace. This is grace. And for that grace we are here. For that sacrifice you and I are here and we belong. See, this is a Jewish genealogy of a Jewish heritage. And the Jews who lived before this, at this time could trace, they could trace their lineage back to David and to Abraham and so many of them, maybe even to Adam. But you and I don't have to trace our roots to an earthly king or an earthly father called Abraham. Through Jesus Christ, we trace our roots to God, our heavenly father. Jesus Christ becomes our only mediator between us and God. Jesus Christ, he has to be the one at the end of this genealogy so that you from Nairobi, Kenya, and you from Kisumu, Kenya, and you from Kampala, Uganda, all of us can trace our route through him to God, our Father.